3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome to D-Bad, the Don't Be a Dickhead podcast. I'm John Gilbert and I can be a right dickhead, but fortunately I have a wonderful co-host to help me be the best version of myself. And he goes by the name of... Ian Thompson. Oh, you did know I was talking about you. I thought you might be talking... What was he talking about? We mentioned earlier about the fact that I just say my name whenever you introduce me. And I've decided it is quite good if I just do it. Like, you know those mobile phone answer machines where it just says you have reached the mm. voicemail of and you've just got to say your name yeah yeah so if i just do it like that if you do it on a meeting that's got lots of people on there oh yeah you, people generally say it like you've got ian thompson you could go hey guys it's ian thompson or yes, something and, and it'll make more of an entrance it's an opportunity it i is. mean you might come across as a dickhead or you might come it's, across as a hero it's, it's definitely it's up to an them, opportunity really. for dickheadery that Absolutely. Well, everything is, isn't it? Yeah. So we should explain then that D-Bad is a social movement to help make the world a better place through reduced dickheadery. So this is episode three. Hey? Yes, it is. Yeah. Almost double figures. How do you think it's going? I, I Well, the response <laughs> has been superb. It has. It has. I mean, I've been thinking, right, that if this really takes off and we become a bit internet famous, if you Google dickhead our faces might appear that's the dream we have a topic for the show today what is it today we are talking about kids online i believe yeah yeah we are you're in the right one (laughs) episode three kids online we're talking about kids online and we're talking about dickheadery online but we're also talking about dickheadery from kids when they're online as well yeah, and we're also talking about the parenting aspects of this as well. So not that kids are all the dickheads online. It's just like being a dickhead as a parent or a carer by just letting kids loose on the internet or just just remembering how what a dangerous and influential space that is um, that you might need to take some precautions. So if we can start off by talking about how parents are going to be setting a good example for the kids and setting the right kind of guidelines to make sure that they're going to be safe online Uh, here are some tips that i've come across from netaware and they say that number one we should set a good example because children will model our behavior so we've got to make sure that we're not glued to the screen every time they see us you see i do that a lot is that is that dickheadery well it may be dickheadery by proxy because i mean i'm often on my laptop so i work a lot does that mean i'm going to be like well, I, I, in that sense, I, I'm like, it's an addiction to work rather than pornography or anything like that. So it's still not a healthy addiction, but it's not the worst of addictions. No. I've noticed this with my wife in particular. She's like the generally the enforcer of screen time and when they're not allowed to have the phone at bed. But this is somebody who is like, she's always on her phone. <laughs> I had a rant at the family last night when we attempted to watch a TV show and none of them could do it whilst not also doing something else on the phone at the same time. You see, I think I'm very good at that, though. I think I'm very good at doing something on my phone whilst also concentrating on a TV show. Obviously not one with subtitles or something, but... Yeah, but they had no idea what was going on because oh, it was just on. They weren't watching it properly, and, uh, and, and I started to rant. And you know what? I apologised because if they wanted to do that, that was their choice. 
um, which is where everything in life is so difficult because then maybe did, I wasn't did, setting did they, boundaries. Did they all just like look up and like, don't be a dickhead, Dad? No, well, they haven't listened to the podcast, but I do feel like that is going to happen. It's going to happen a lot. Because as we've got, this is the furthest we've got into one of the podcasts before we've actually explained that we're recording this during the COVID-19 of course, yeah. pandemic and therefore we're isolated. We're having to do it on Skype and we're in our own home. Um, so when it comes to doing my job, which is marketing and communications, if I want to do a focus group, it's basically me and two teenagers. So they've been giving me feedback on the D-Bad logo. Oh, nice. So when it goes live, uh, that's the extent of our research, was your opinion, my opinion, and uh, and the boys. So if you don't like it, blame us. Um, okay, the next thing that is a piece of advice that's been shared by NetAware is to decide on a time limit. Get the whole family to unplug by setting screen time limits and agree an appropriate amount of time for your child and stick to it. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? But it's quite difficult to enforce because quite often letting the kids online just means that they stop asking you stupid questions yeah, and they, they just let asking. you get on with the things. How many shoulders has a dog got? How many? Does this, is it, it's just it's two, actually isn't two. It? It's, yeah, it's two. It's two and they've got two hips, yeah. But, yeah okay. but, but it was an interesting question when it first got posed by, 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 by Dylan. Okay. See, I like that. That's the kind of inquisitive mind. I think they're the kind of things that we should encourage. So what you're saying is if he wasn't, if he wasn't given an opportunity... So hang on a minute. Did the online behaviour cause that? No, it didn't. No. All right, OK. We were just talking about inane questions. <laughs> no, I like that because that did make me think. I pictured a dog. Yeah. I pictured a dog walking. I pictured when my dog, Totem, he died in 2017, but I used to massage him. Aww. He used to come up sometimes and he'd just stand next to me and wait for his massage. Or sometimes in the morning, I'd be like stood in my bedroom and he'd jump up on the bed and come up to the side so I could massage him. And I used to do it around his, around his shoulders. And I sort of thought, like, I wouldn't massage the back ones. So I, I kind of figured, yeah, it's just two shoulders. And I was right, it turns out. I've got a diagram mm. and everything to prove it. Well, there you go. You learned something new on the D-Bad podcast. I did find that diagram just online and it was the first one I found. Which actually is a thing that I'd written down as a note for this show about the fact that people just believing anything they see online. Mm, I've really messed yeah. up the structure of the podcast here. It's interesting. It's like time travel and yeah. um, and debate all at once. Okay, yeah. let's go down to the third point. That sounds like it was edited there, but actually I did just move us on that yeah. abruptly. Um, is, the, is to agree a device-free zone. So, for example, you can't have it at the dinner table and so on. That's something that we do. Um, for, yeah, point four is you can actually use tools to set the digital boundaries like parental control. Number five, I think, is really interesting. It's like have a family agreement in place. So it's actually we have a meeting and we agree it and we maybe even sign something and then we have to follow it. That sounds very home and aware. <laughs> to have like a family <laughs> meeting about something. Well, I keep trying to... I call family meetings and do you know what happens? Do people bring their devices to the meetings? And I'm just like, no. It's just like I wanted to set out. I think I read these kind of articles and take them really literally. But then when you try and apply them in the real world, it's just, it's it's just difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't mind being cringe. 
I mean, I've been, you can accuse me of a lot of things, but I don't mind being cringe at all. <laughs> I work like a badge of honour. Speaking of cringe, point six, give them a varied media diet. Spend time with your child discovering new things that they can do online, such as certain apps, websites, and games. This could be things that teach them a new skill or help them explore their passions or rediscover their identity. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it does sound good in practice. Yeah, in practice. But it's like now, so we're in the lockdown and my kids are still doing schoolwork. I know that you're sorting out schoolwork as, yeah. as, as well. We've got another week before it's the Easter holidays and then we can relax a bit and let them chill out a little bit more. This week has been like one of my best weeks as it's turned out, even though I've been in lockdown in the house because I've really got to spend time with the kids and they've been creative and they've been hardworking and they've got out for a run with me and done all of the things that normally they say oh I don't want to do this but yeah. they've been a little bit more complicit and so it has been really really positive however what I failed on is trying to inspire them by saying look at this time when I grew up I've just was void of any skill now you've got lots of talent so you can do various musical instruments and you could sing and you've done the acting I just did nothing as a teenager. I just kind of went through and I was like, oh, I'm here in the world. And the world said, what can you do? And I was just like, I can climb trees and um, I can get chases off bigger kids, but they're not particularly um, useful skills going forward. So I've been saying like, you could learn to play the guitar or you could learn to speak another language or all of these things. And all they want to do is watch YouTube. Yeah. Just, they just want to watch what I would call in my old man's head, a load of shit. The thing, there's, the, most of the stuff on YouTube is shit as well. Mm. I mean, not everything. I shouldn't say, yeah, not. Like, I want to say not everything because my job is basically making things to put on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've had like four million views for our content over the past year. Exactly. Not exactly. everything is shit. No, no, it's just everything a, else is shit. There's an awful lot of good stuff out there, but there is an awful lot of shit as well. It's like the TK Maxx of TV channels. Like, you've really got to wade through a lot of shit to get to the decent stuff. Yeah. I do quite like the way my youngest uses it because he is learning things and then he'll just tell me the most amazing facts and I think, wow, that's great. He's been inquisitive and he's been, he's been learning about stuff. But then also I'm saddened because sometimes what he tells me is clearly wrong. Yeah. And it comes back to your earlier point that we don't have a filter on fact anymore. People just ac accept it. If, if like a YouTuber says it or something like that, then people just accept it. I mean, that is sort of like a whole other episode, I think, almost, of the fake news thing and all stuff like that. But I mean, I think the main dickheadery point about that is um, it's not even necessarily the people who are peddling it because I think a lot of them go beyond dickheadery. It's the people who just accept it. That's dickheadery. Because most of them appreciate as well that, that there's loads of fake news out there on the internet and yet they still spout shit. Mm. But I don't think we can blame kids for that, which I think it's a dickheadery as a parent or carer that we can just let them just have carte blanche run of the internet. Because not only is the dangerous stuff on there that goes way beyond dickheadery, online grooming, yeah. um, access to pornography and stuff like that, as well, which is too too young to be getting that. But it's just general bullshit that's yeah. out there. And we have to protect against that. The amount of things that my eldest son tells me about football 
and I go, oh yeah, whatever. And it's just absolute garbage. But then it catches me out because when he was telling me about Ronaldinho being in prison and playing for some team, I was just like, oh yeah, here he goes again. Turns out that was true. Really? <laughs> so, Ronaldinho's in prison? What for? Uh, I don't know. I I didn't expect as necessary. I should haven't done my research on this as a particular oh. article, but yeah, he's in. He's he's been playing for some prison team. I don't oh. know what's going on with Ronaldinho. Uh, if you know what's going on with Ronaldinho, please tweet us at dbad underscore uk and link us off to a credible source. And if I have just accidentally peddled bullshit, <laughs> I apologise. The other thing is that what I'm not trying to say is letting your kids online makes you a dickhead because it's amazing as much as we've been criticizing like fake news and so on they can learn stuff that just we would just we'd have had to have trawled through libraries for weeks to try and yeah. find out they can do it in minutes now and it's such an incredible opportunity and while we're going through the pandemic at the moment uh, there's a lot of really positive stuff online and people are coming forward like the joe wicks uh, exercise at nine o'clock carol vorderman's doing maths lessons at 10 o'clock and and so on and so on they're the kind of things that actually is a potentially good compromise for parents and carers who've got stuff that they need to be doing but want to make sure that the kids are still getting education and staying active but i don't know it's a tricky one that because are we just plonking them in front of the telly are we just doing what our parents did in the 80s when it was raining outside well there's plenty of other stuff to do as well though we did some gardening the other day we did a bit of gardening the other day. We, we, did, we did Joe Wicks, then we did a bit of schoolwork, then we did a bit of gardening and things like that. I mean, there are other things to do. And there's mm. loads of other things that, you know, try and use the internet for homeschooling and things like that. Mm. I don't think it's a bad thing using the internet necessarily. And I think particularly at times like this, when you are in the house a lot, yeah, all right, there's things like board games, card games, there's TV, there's the internet, there's um, computer games, there's, uh, you know, physical games in the garden or the house and things like that. But I think... It is difficult locking down screen time, particularly at a time like this, because that is a major thing that you can do. I think you've got to relax the rules a bit for a start. That's the first thing. Second thing is I don't think going on the internet is necessarily a bad thing. I think it's what you go on on the internet, and it's whether you're watching dickheads. Hmm. Like people who say bro every other word. Like there's, <laughs> there's, there's two guys who play Fortnite on the internet, and they just say bro every other word, and they're, they're plainly dickheads. <laughs> Yeah, because they're going to be modelling that behaviour, the kids, aren't they? Yeah. Rather than exemplary people like you and I. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, don't, we, we don't go online and just talk about dickheads. Oh. Oh. Uh, maybe, bro. Yeah, maybe, maybe we need to put a parental advisory on our content. I mean, actually, we probably should. Um, yeah, you're right, bro. Ronaldinho is in prison for um, trying to enter Paraguay with a fake passport. Ah. Okay. So we've been doing the working from home where school has provided on a OneDrive lessons for the kids. Now, what I've learned is that if this is the level of work that they do at school, schools aren't pushing my kids hard enough because they are smashing through this work so quickly and so easily and they do are doing it properly, which is leaving me with several hours of the day having to use my ingenuity to come up with lessons. So I talked to my dad about this. How long are you doing for lessons each day? We're doing nine till three. Really? With an hour's break. Yeah. That's good. You see, we're only doing like about two and a half hours a day. Oh, right. Okay. 
Because, I mean, for a start, there just wouldn't be enough, there just wouldn't be enough work to go around. Well, this is it. This is the thing. So we're having to, to use our ingenuity. Don't get me wrong. We have actually limited screen time, so they're not allowed on computers and things like that during school time, as in, like, during, like, nine till three. So they can go on computers, TikTok and, and dickheadery like that, after three o'clock. During the other time, they've got to find other things to do, like read or, like, go in the garden and, and, and lurk around or, you know, do stuff like that. All of our activities, pretty much, are screen-based. Now, they did some art today that was... I should have brought it to, for the benefit of the YouTube channel because you can see two examples of one where effort has been applied and one that's just shit. Um, and even my, son, even my son finds it hilarious as how shit his picture was. And it's just like he's drawn it with pen on lined paper and it's just like the minimal amount of effort that could have gone into a picture of a human face. And the only reason you know it's a face is because he's explained that it's a face. And it's just like, to do the eyes, I drew some eyes. And, to, and I've, what did he say? He used a really obscure objective to describe teeth, which I thought was brilliant, but completely nonsensical. Anyway, so once they've done all of the designated schoolwork, this leaves us some time. So I was speaking to my dad about this last night, and my dad used to be a lecturer in mechanical engineering. So he says, oh, well, they should do this. And he, he set a task for me over the phone where we get a piece of string and we create a pendulum with different weights and different lengths of, of string, and we time the pendulum swings and we plot a graph of all this stuff and I was just thinking my kids are not going to do this um, and I haven't got the time and patience to do this so what I've been doing instead is setting them with a challenge. Well, why, why would you do that? Well it creates it tells you something about physics I mean I don't think he he was doing it just there was a lesson to be learned about okay, it. Okay, he's expecting a call later on tonight where we claim to have done it and then he's going to explain why that happens the way it does. It'll be something to do with gravity, probably. I don't know. Anyway, so what I've been doing instead is setting them a challenge where I give them an hour to create three PowerPoint presentations and have, we've got a bit of a championship called World's Greatest. Today, they had to come up with the World's Greatest Building, the World's Greatest Rapper, and the World's Greatest Animal. And then they have to present it to us and I get to decide which of these is the greatest. Mm. Now, this has been quite successful in the sense that I've picked things that they're vaguely interested in. So Zach did a great presentation about Pyramids of Giza. Dominic did about Buckingham Palace. Um, Zach did a presentation about M&M. Dom did one about some really, he basically Googled World's Worst Rapper. And I think he was called <laughs> Juice World. Brilliant. Um, and his, his presentation was hilarious because he'd embedded a video of this guy who was a terrible rapper. He got the points for, I went for Juice World over M&M. And for the animal, Dom picked some obscure fish that I'd never heard of. And Zach had quite a compelling presentation why dogs are the greatest because of all of the things that they do to, to help humans. They are. He's, he's correct. But it's now that we've started recording this podcast, I realise all I've done is just shoved them on the internet and gone, find out some stuff, kids, so I can get my work done for an hour. They're doing something a bit different, though. They're not just watching a couple of dickheads on YouTube. They're learning research skills and putting arguments together and things like that. Hmm. Well, that's what I thought. Thanks, Ian. Oh. You just played the role of a good partner there. Oh. If anybody wants to go back and listen to episode two, where we crack relationships, that's the kind of uh, thing that Ian has just demonstrated. I should also explain we're not in a relationship. Well, we are. We're in a business relationship yeah. and we're co-presenters of the uh, D-Bad podcast. But it's yet to get sexual. 
Well, it's difficult to, to make it sexual. Otherwise, um, I don't know. We could have online sex. I just left you two to, 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 to go. To hang that, myself. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Brilliant. So what sort of dickheadery do we see on the internet then? We've covered like believing anything that people say and stuff like that. We also looked into, you know, the types of people that you get on the internet. Do, do you know what's weird? I think is when people start to, I don't know, maybe everyone does this, but when people start to act like someone that they'd quite like to be like, when kids start to act like the YouTubers because they want to be a YouTuber themselves. Do you know, that's, that's, that's a little bit annoying. And I, again, I realise that dickheadery isn't just things I find annoying. But w what is a little bit annoying is when, like, every... And I'm sure we used to do it when we were younger about film stars or something, or pop stars, when they all say, like, well, I'm going to be a YouTuber when I'm older. And they just think it's real easy. Dickheads. Mm. So what you say, like, kids are dickheads having unrealistic expectations as to what it actually takes. The reality is if you want to create a, an online brand is that you've got to do like hundreds of episodes over Skype. It's hard work, isn't it? It is. It is. You don't start off your, like what we on episode three yeah. by claiming, hey, we're so popular that if you Google dickhead, you might find our faces. You don't yeah. actually, you know, I, I Googled Ian Thompson dickhead when, after you'd said that and uh, my face does not come up. Just before we do move on, on, on a more serious note, um, I've mentioned grooming a couple of times. Now, the act of grooming goes beyond dickheadery. We agree that. But I do think that parents and carers have a responsibility to have those conversations with kids at quite a young age. And I know that's going to be an uncomfortable conversation, a weird conversation to have. And if, you're not, if you can't feel you can do that in, a, in an appropriate way, then people like Bernardo's and NSPCC have got some great videos explaining all of those kind of things. And it's certainly something I talk to my kids about. I mean, we should probably mention that one of the things that we do professionally is running a campaign which is about trying to prevent grooming and sexual exploitation. So it is something that we're quite well-versed in. And my kids have helped out on various projects, so they know all about it. Although, actually, I've been learning from my kids today as part of the research. I was like, what are the signs that an account might not be legit? And, there was, and they've been giving me all these things that I would just never even thought of. Just like little things to do with like, well, the image that they use. And my son was explaining to me that a tactic for grooming at the moment is on Instagram, somebody will go on, see, you don't even have to be like connected, but if they can see the accounts that you follow, yeah. they will then set up a private group for fans. Let's say you liked Ronaldo. They'll set up a, a group for fans of Ronaldo and and then get the kids in that way. So whilst they wouldn't necessarily be connected to somebody who doesn't have many followers yeah. or many pictures and doesn't seem to be legit, somebody who's inexperienced online will go, oh, imagine if you were new to Instagram. Yeah. I like Ronaldo. Oh, there's a group for people who like Ronaldo to go and talk yeah. to Ronaldo. You're absolutely right. They would be lured in to do that. So I think we need to be aware of those things. And I think if you think, oh, online grooming, it's, I don't want to talk about it, I'll just leave the kids to their own devices. You are being a bit of a dickhead, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm off, yeah. off the soapbox on that one. But I just wanted to get that one in there. One of the other things that we're doing to, to round the shows off is to reflect on our own behaviours. What kind of dickhead have you been recently? I don't know whether I've got any other examples right now off the top of my head. Really? Do you want me to come up with some for you? What, about me? Yeah. You can do, yeah. I mean, I, okay. I sort of... Can I you send me Claire's number? <laughs> I, 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 oh, I've got Claire's number. I poured out two or three last, last, last episode. 
Yeah, that's that's true. Okay, well, I've got one for you, which links into what we've been discussing today. And again, I really just lay myself bare with the level of dickhead of the thought crimes that, that I have. Um, and it comes from looking at one of the pieces of schoolwork that was set by the English teacher. Now, bear in mind, that's a crucial point. To the, this was set by the English teacher. And there were some questions to go follow it, read, read this, and then have some questions about it. And one of the questions was, describe the character in 10 words or less. Now, my problem with that is that's grammatically incorrect that we're doing in an English lesson. It should have said, describe the character in 10 words or fewer because we can count the number of words. Yeah, I just think that's really, really lazy. And it just really got the, the dickhead grammar pedant up on my... Please tell me you rang the English teacher. That would well, be dickheadery. Yeah, that's it. So I mean, in, in the middle of a lockdown, when everyone's quite nervous about stuff. I've called a meeting. I've called a meeting of all of the parents. Let's all go together. Never mind this contamination stuff. We need to deal with this. And after we've <laughs> dealt with this teacher and burnt the school down, you know where we're going next? The supermarkets and the 10 items or less <laughs> bits that they have on the tills. It's 10 items or fewer. These are the real issues. And uh, obviously... I'm being ridiculous there. But I did think about being a clever... Di I even thought about taking a photograph of it and putting it on Twitter and going, <laughs> what a terrible piece of English teacher. But I didn't. That would have been proper dickheadery online. That, yeah, yeah. And I, I managed to restrain myself and again reserve it for the podcast. This is brilliant because yeah. I get to be a dickhead, but I get to... Do it in a um, safe environment. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't get angry about this this issue it was more to do with my oh i've got a, an opportunity here to make me look clever or yeah or that i think it was that more than the pedantry to be honest i'm probably making grammatical error after grammatical error and there'll be somebody listening to this yeah, going someone's now then, absolutely does john not this. know how to speak or is he trying to wind me up to see how i react i mean i don't know maybe let's point you towards twitter if you've got something to say about anything that's grammatically wrongly what i've said um, then maybe you should tweet at dbad underscore uk if you look at hashtag dbag dbag <laughs> dbad um it's used maybe once or twice a day currently this is this is a measure of success if D, if hashtag dbag is used more often for things other than grammar pedantry then um we're on our way to fulfilling our mission of making the world a better place through reduced dickheadery get hashtagging people Okay, let's wrap that up then. So I think we've cracked that around... <laughs> Tick. <laughs> reduced dickheadery around kids going online. Um, maybe maybe show this to your kids. I don't know what they'll learn. Um, there's a few choice words in there as well, but it just made them more socially aware of some of their behaviours and hopefully it's made us more aware of our behaviours to make that world a better place. So thank you for listening. I've been John Gilbert. I've been Ian Thompson. Remember, folks... Don't, Don't be, be a dickhead! dickhead.